I give these mints now to the Garwin Forbes. That you not wander forever over fields or mountains, or along pathways, and for thy earthly sins, dear woman, I pawn my own soul. It's funny as the original time, not that I'm ever funny anyways. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome back. This year, this is our second time trying to record this. Jesus. Um, <laughs> no, he has nothing to do with this. Yeah. Um, we're there doing our Thanksgiving. Know. Yeah, really. Will you let me finish my damn sentence? No. <laughs> we're doing things differently this year. Usually we do our Thanksgiving feast show, which is usually a show about cannibalism. We're still going to do that, but we're going to drop it about a week later just because of the way scheduling worked out. So fear not. Tales of people eating each other are coming. Um, but this year we have longtime friend of the show and returning guest, Gary Morgan. Gary is a listener we've known for some time. Mm-hmm. And I think it was probably four or five years ago that we had him on to talk about Haunted Delaware. And he is a tour guide at Fort Delaware. And uh, he was telling us about some of his experiences there. I will probably rerun that episode very shortly as a best of show, just so if people hear Gary on hear, hear Gary on here. They will be able to go and listen to that show and hear his first episode. That will probably be the week that I am off getting my stuff done. But um, it was on that show, and just afterwards, we were talking to him off the air, that he brought up, oh, yeah, I'm a sin eater. And I was like, oh, really? And he says, yeah, this is something that's been passed on through my family, blah, blah, blah. We said, we need to get you back on for a show. And that turned into like a four or five year thing. So now, at long long last, Gary is coming on here to talk about what being a sin eater is if you don't know what that is don't worry we'll explain it on the show mm-hmm. um but it is passed down he's not if you do know what it is um he's not one of the ones that's just popped up lately out of the blue like hey i'm a sin eater blah 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 you know he he legitimately this has been passed down through his family line um he is not related to the quote unquote last sinner sin eater that died in 1906 well maybe he is i don't i don't know i don't did we he didn't that? say he didn't say he was yeah well, they're all, to a certain extent, he probably is because it all, it was all from that part of the country. So mm-hmm. everybody was kind of related to one another in some way or another around there. He was also related to Daniel Boone. That's so cool. <laughs> that is so cool. Gary's an interesting guy. Yeah, he's, he is, dude. He's like the most interesting man. He's just got so many weird ties and so many weird things that he's done and how everything ties together with him. It's, it's, it's very strange and bizarre. And plus how, like, the jobs that he has and what he does all kind of have a universal commonality thread through them, which we'll end up discussing. Right. So um, we're going to jump into the episode, and as we always like to say, see you at the other side. All right, so coming back after a while, <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, a little bit. Gary Morgan Scientific is Scientific age right there. Yeah, it's been a few years since since you've been on the show, Gary. Gary, I got to say something before we go any further. I have oh, to Lord. get this out of my head. Okay, well, you're here to talk about being, you, you are a sin eater. You are actually an ancestral line of sin eaters. Even though the last one died a little while ago, your family has carried it through and you, now you are a member of your family that actually does the sin eating thing. And we'll get to that in a second. But I'm going to totally derail the show right off the bat because the pre-recording of the show, we already did that enough. Okay. Now, I'm sure you've seen Team America, right? 
Team America. Team America. Yeah, the, the puppets, you know, America. the guys who did South Park. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. Now the main guy in that the main guy in that movie, his name was Gary. So every time like we bring you up, I immediately hear the guy that ran that organization going, Gary? Gary, that guy? I keep hearing that. And then for whatever reason, once in a while it'll pop into my head. I'll be like, Gary, I'm afraid there's no time. Intelligence tells us the attack is imminent. We need you to act like a Middle Eastern terrorist right away. Wow. <laughs> that went Bad, yeah, real quick. Yeah, so we're gonna just—I <laughs> might just edit Holy that shit, out of the show. I don't know. <laughs> I usually get this the gamer at work who says one of the games he listens to. You go into a room and it's a room full of zombie Garys that you have <laughs> to kill. I don't remember whether it's the new the Call of Duty zombie one or which one it is, but you always come to like Gary. Yeah, Gary. there's all kinds of. That's weird all they things. say is Gary. So anyhow, now that we've uh, we've derailed the show in derailed. many ways, both before and during. Um, yeah, right. so <laughs> last time you were on here, I don't think it was on the air. I think it was off the air that we were talking about. And uh-huh. You said, yeah, um, I'm yeah. I'm part of a lineage of Sin Eaters. And I was like, wait a minute. They're, they don't. Well, they're starting to exist again, which we'll get into. But I was like, didn't they're not around anymore. So how how, you know, and then you said, yeah, it's passed on to the family lineage and I'm the last one of my family. And for like, I think. Three years now, we've been trying to pull off this freaking show. <laughs> right, been a while. It sounds a lot cooler when you say it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I have a habit of that's that's my job. It's what I do. So that's right. So basically, this this is um this is a practice that was passed down from tradition through the family. And you said that your grandfather or great grandfather was was the last person in your family to pass it on to you. Grandfather. Okay. Um, I don't know much about his side. I I have some some of his side that I'll be able to talk about tonight, but his side's kind of a weird Welsh mystery. All right, so let's start from square one and explain to everybody what sure. a Sin Eater is, even though I keep wanting to say Death Eater because of Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, there's, there's well, that's where it came that from. Too. Yeah. So, but, uh, yeah, start from scratch. This, what is this? All right, well, Sin Eaters were uh, called upon by a village, mainly in Northern Wales, parts of England. And then there's been stories of it popping up here and there in Ireland and Scotland as well. Uh, they'd be called by the family after someone in the family passed away from all the accounts I've found. Most of the time, it's usually always men typical, right? You know, the guy can get mm-hmm. forgiven, but too bad about the poor woman, but uh, they would get called. They'd be brought to the house. They were, According to you know, legend and, and history, they were pretty much treated as outcasts because they were ex- uh, consuming and, and keeping all this sin. But we'll get to that. So they would come into the house. Uh, the people at the house would then serve, depending where it was, either a, a dark ale or milk and a, a, some type of dark bread. And uh, that would be served on the chest of the deceased. Yeah, uh, they would get a very small amount of money, usually like a uh, a pence or something like that. And uh, I don't know what it is in Wales, I forget. But uh, they would then drink and eat. And then they would say some sort of a little prayer over, basically asking them to, uh, you know, no longer walk down these roads and you know, don't be a basically don't be a ghost. And uh, in return for you going on to the other side and not having all these sins, I pawn my own soul. So the idea so was then, is that 
the, the the food and the drink that you were sitting on the chest was supposed to be like a sponge to to absorb all of the right. sin out of the person. Whereas right. myself you and Lobo would probably need a buffet put on our chest to be able to handle uh, it. Like yeah, a yeah. truck. <laughs> yeah, that, well, then you look at corpse cakes from Germany. They would the woman of the house would make the bread for the corpse cakes, then put the bread out on the chest of the deceased. Mm. So then, as the bread rise, they said it would suck up his virtue. And then the bread was handed out to people at the funeral and you would eat. And then the, his, the good parts of that person, his virtue, would be taken upon the person consuming the bread. So there in Germany, we almost have sort of an opposite version, whether instead of in Wales, where you were taking the sins and the bad and the burdens of the person onto yourself so that they could be free to move on. In Germany, you're like, well, let's just focus on the good. We'll take the good out and pass that on. Some people that was probably a meal and other people that was probably, you know, an appetizer. It sucks, yeah. though, because these people were considered outcasts. They were like shunned in the village and they were usually pushed along until the time came where, you know, somebody would die and they would usually be used in, in place of a priest. From what I understand, if a priest wasn't available, they would go get a sin eater. Right. So it's like, you know what, get get your ass out of town. But wait a minute. Hold on. We need you over here to take (laughs) care of Uncle Fred, which kind of sucks because it's like your job is to go in and absorb the sin out of the person. And then you consume that sin and you carry it. And it's like, all right, well, we've treated you like ass. We're not going to pay you very much here. Here's a little glass of beer and some bread. Now get out of here. You you know, you're a piece of garbage. And, And for you, it's like, well, I'm a I'm I'm taking all of this person's sin into me. So you're pretty late, you know spiritually and whatever you want to call it, you're pretty laden down because that's what you do. You go out and absorb people's sins. So, you know, if it were me, I'd be like, why don't you kiss my ass? Okay. I'm absorbing Uncle Fred's (laughs) sins here so he can pass on to the next life. And I'm putting my mortal soul. Yeah. (laughs) I'm going to be going to hell to save your Uncle Fred and you're going to treat me like garbage. You know, here's a bag of dicks. (laughs) Yeah. And and you wonder because now they're also thinking that, that this may have started somewhere during the, uh, Protestant Reformation. Oh, I'm sure this may have gained a lot of ground because now you have all these Lutherans that no longer have confession, no longer have absolution of sins in the Catholic rite. So here comes the sin eater. And there's there's actually document, well, as documented as it gets, stories of people confessing to sin eaters as well. So they may have held more of a role than just going to the house and doing that one ritual. So, but yeah, uh, according to the accounts, they were reviled and they were treated like that, but it was a job they took on themselves. So, you know, they always had to be like, I'm not doing that. This sucks. But when you look at uh, Robert Munslow, who was considered the last sin eater who died in, in England, uh, he was a very established and wealthy farmer at the time with several daughters. And then uh, he lost one daughter and then a month later lost three more within a week. So we don't. It doesn't tell you what caused that, whether it was smallpox or what might have happened there. But they think at least within Richard, I'm sorry, Richard Munslow's case, that he could have just been, you know what? I'd really like to be, you know, (laughs) not have anything to do with this community. I'll come in. And they think he started by doing that for his daughters so they could pass on, you know, and pass on to the the next world and then people said hey you did that for your daughter want to do that for us and then he kind of just fell into that into that role so wow that's tough it's funny because 
we were before we were recording. There's a local brewery around here that actually makes a Senator Dark Belgian Ale, which I picked up a four pack of this week. See, perfect. Yeah, in honor of this, actually, and uh, <laughs> you know, I was like, well, and it's it's a very. I'm actually drinking it right now. It's a very um, let us call it robust beer. <laughs> Is it real bitter? It, it is actually. It's not. Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's a dark. It's. I don't want to call it a stout, but it is definitely a strong beer. But I. I really think that you know they named it appropriately, because that's that's usually what they would give you. They would give you a glass of beer and, and a piece of bread to uh, to to do all that with. Right, um, and uh, <laughs> you know, like um, my grandfather, you know, it would say because the bread would be stale when I the first time I did it, and he's like, well, it should be stale. It should be bitter. You know, you should you should not eat for pleasure and drink for refreshment. You know, this, you're taking on the the burdens, and he never said sins. It was always burdens. You're taking on the burdens of someone else so they can be at rest. So it shouldn't taste good. It shouldn't be enjoyable. So I gotta so ask, I was, mm-hmm. not to cut you off, but oh how, no, not at all. How did this conversation come about between you and your grandfather? Did your grandfather come along and like tap you on the shoulder or pat you on the back and say? You know, I need to pass this tradition on to somebody, or you know, how did how, tell, tell what did it was he just tell kind you? Of, you know, it was kind of put out there. We had a weird family because we have a very old Masonic family as well, and uh, so uh, that was again. It was always just there, and then I could ask about it if I wanted to. It was never sort of shoved at me. Well, until later. But, you know, it was never shoved at me. But with with this, it was just going to funerals. And then I think I must have been nine the first time I witnessed it, eight or nine, when my grandfather was like, come on, come with me. And I just kind of stood by him. He went up. He did it. Now, in the community that I saw him doing it and that I've done it, I've not really had that feeling where, you know, you're scum. <laughs> you know, you're, oh, no. yeah, you're now it's kind of scared time. of you or anything like that, except one time. Um, and I'll talk about that later. And, and it wasn't bad. They just literally all turned their backs and I walked in, but we'll get to that story. But uh, yeah, it was, um, so it was brought about kind of in that way and just left for me to question. And then, uh, you know, it, it was that funeral. And then it was, he, we lived on a large estate not ours. We were the, we were the help, (laughs) but, uh, we would have this golf cart and he would take me for rides after dinner or whatever. And we would always sit under this tree where he would pluck cherries and we'd just talk about stuff, you know, which was usually what cartoon I was watching or whatever, you know, at eight, nine years old. But, uh, then he would just, I would ask questions and what is it all about? And why do you eat that? And you you go to other funerals, no one's eating anything off the corpse. But, uh, and he was just like, well, he's like, this is something that's part of your family. And, uh, we relieve burdens. You know, he never said sin eater. Mm-hmm. Um, the only time sin was ever used was once after he passed, uh, my grandmother referred to it, but again, uh, we'll get there. But, uh, and he's just like, you know, we, uh, we take on the burden so people can sleep. And I remember he would explain as like, you know, if you're, I played baseball and was a catcher at the time. Like, you know how you get all worried and nervous and excited about getting ready to go to your game the next day and you have trouble sleeping at night. And I'm like, yeah, he's like, well, the dead are like that as well. And we come in and we take care of all that business for them. So they don't have to worry. They can move on and go on and go where they want to go. 
And I remember asking, well, what does that do to us? Are we going to have all that worry? He's like, you do, but you learn to let it go. You know, and that was pretty much my instruction manual. Thanks, Pop Pop. <laughs> you know, that was pretty much <laughs> You'll learn to let it go. You'll be surrounded by death and uh, good luck. Have a great life. Huh. But uh, now in another conversation with talk, how you know, I, you know, down the road, I would see that I would find death more in my life. Not that everyone I know would die around me, but I would work around death a lot. And that you're just kind of drawn into it. And uh, I spent 15 years as an archaeologist specializing in burial excavation. And You did what? And, uh, yeah, I was for 15 years, I was an archaeologist. I never uh, knew that about you. No, you didn't know that? Oh, no. God, yeah. That's wow. what I went to school for and uh, did my field work at UPenn. And then uh, ended up doing Mayan dig in Belize. And then uh, traveled around doing what's called cultural resource management around the U S. So, you know, they would go to build, say a, uh, what was it? A surgical center near the hospital in the center of Wilmington and all these coffins and stuff would start coming up and they're like, this isn't supposed to be here. So I spent a year digging that cemetery and did two United African Methodist Episcopal cemeteries and, countless prehistoric ones, uh, bundle burials and, uh, um, cremation burials, things like that. Uh, I didn't become an osteologist cause I was more interested in the ritual and the burial rituals than I were in the bones. But yeah, that's, uh, I was doing that for 15 years and then I didn't stop doing that till I had gotten married. And then I'm like, well, I don't think she's going to go for uh, Hey, I'm off to work. I'll be back in six months. So, uh, got my EMT again and just started doing that running nine, uh, nine one one and still around death. <laughs> so how, okay. I got to ask you then since, since you do yeah. the sin eating thing mm -hmm. and you've done the whole archeological thing involving death, do you see yeah. in other traditions where this stuff carries over in different ways? Um, Mexico, and I'll never, not only not pronounce, but not remember the name of the specific God, but they had a tradition where their God would come and what's called eating, eating your filth or eating your dirt. And it was pretty much that they would confess their sins and then what they did wrong and why they think they're a terrible person. And this God would come and take it all away and eat their filth. So you do have that and you have, um, you know, the German corpse cakes that would rise on the deceased, uh, then from where I grew up in Pennsylvania and Montgomery County, Pennsylvania, which is a uh, large uh, Welsh immigrant area from the in the 19th century and before. And uh, I actually found, found an article that talked about um, weird funeral uh, practices in Montgomery County, Pennsylvania. And it was, it was interesting that of all places it came up there, but, so Montgomery is the county, and then I lived in North Wales, which you know, oddly enough. But uh, yeah, they would have a, like a, a young guy and a young girl stand on either side of a path. And then one would have, uh, I think like little cakes, and the other one would have a cup of some sort of spirit, probably whiskey or something like that. And then as the, uh, par the parishioners or whatever, the funeral people walk by going from the church to the to the cemetery, 
they would take, you know, a little bit of bread and a little bit of beer or spirit or whatever it was and kind of go on from there. And it was almost sort of like an ad hoc communion. Again, you're seeing like this sort of replacement of Catholic rituals in the, the uh, Protestant mindset. So it was, it's interesting. It, it, it's trying to like just research where this came from and why, like of all the, the Welsh in my area, why don't I see that more? Why didn't it prevail? And maybe some just didn't feel it was worth passing down and others were, or I don't know. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it yet. <laughs> how does, um, how does your family tie into this? Because all we hear about, we hear about sin eaters. And then there was the very supposedly the last one who died off some time ago. Um, which you did say you wanted to bring up something about his, his, uh, his burial, yeah. and his funeral, but how does yeah, your family months- tie into that? Or how was this passed down through many families? Cause I had always been, th- I thought of it was just like a family line that did this. No, it almost from what I can understand, especially in Wales, almost every village would have their sin eater. They'd have their idiot and their sin eater. Maybe they were the same person. Who knows? Oh, dude, they were not the same person. We're <laughs> <laughs> in this village, but um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> so just trying to research what bit of the Morgan family I have, I traced it back to Shropshire, or just outside of Shropshire on the pass on the Welsh border, and uh, that's exactly where. Uh, Richard Munslow, he died in 1906. He's considered the last sin eater. They actually just uh, refabbed his uh, his tomb, not his tomb, but his like tombstone and his monument there. The uh, the local church raised a thousand pounds, I think it was, to refurbish it and set it up. Because even you know the vic- the vicar of what was it, Rattling Hope, I think. Uh, said, you know, something that definitely would have been frowned upon by the Catholic Church, but he's still a part of religious history. So we should respect that, which well, that's pretty progressive. Yeah, they've been doing a lot of progressive but, uh, things. <laughs> yeah, so apparently the Morgans may have come from a Celtic tribe called the Canoval or Conoval, which I'm sure I am in pure project archivist way i'm completely murdering this name <laughs> but, <laughs> thanks you're welcome <laughs> but they were in um they were in uh in that area of wales right outside of shropshire so i don't know whether maybe parts of my family were there or not but i'm not because i have no information on where in wales my people came from my people <laughs> and uh <laughs> you know i I, I, I can trace it back in Pennsylvania to the like 1600s, but they were all Quaker, oddly enough. And uh, one of one of Sarah Morgan married Squire Boone, and that was Daniel Boone's father. Oh, shit. Yeah. Which, funny enough, the only other places they say that it is is Kentucky, which I think is connected to Daniel Boone and Appalachian. Yeah, right. Nothing changes in Kentucky. Yeah. So you have direct relationship to Daniel Boone then as well. I do. That's the uh, that's the legend. Anyway, that's the the family. Legend. You just get more and more interesting by the minute. <laughs> <laughs> the genetics are interesting. I'm boring. Come on, dear. But uh, 
Yeah. So I don't know where or when this started. You know, my mom doesn't know anything. She doesn't even remember me doing it from my dad two years ago. So poor thing. <laughs> but uh, my grandmother block it out. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think that's really what it was. But uh, my grandmother didn't talk about it much either, except, you know, that night that my grandfather died. Cause, uh, but I'm backtracking, you know, I can, the first no, time you go, had, this is your story. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um, the first time that I had to do it was with my uncle Ed. Now he was, uh, my grandfather's sister's husband and they were best friends. So they kind of came up and grew up around each other and kind of were best friends all their lives. But, uh, when he died, my grandfather, you know, said, do you, do you want to do this one? Uh, which I, you know, I'm like, sure. <laughs> you know, I'm probably like 10 now, late wow. nines, early 10. And, uh, I just remember being brought in for that. And my grandmother brought the food and everything. And I was poured milk, which now I've learned in Welsh, in Wales, it was almost always milk rather mm. than alcohol, which is odd. Uh, I want to try and research and find why that is, but maybe, you know, milk is more juice of life or some crap. But, but for me, I think I was just a little kid Some and they weren't giving me booze. Yeah. They probably so, uh, switched to alcohol to try and forget what was going on. <laughs> that they're eating food off this dead person that's been well, sitting in house for, you know, God knows how long. Yeah, but, that's uh, way before refrigeration and embalming. Yeah, you were called pretty quick, though. So, I mean, of all the people, I'd rather be the sin eater than the grave diggers. <laughs> yeah, right? Wow. That's a good hard trade. Still, still. <laughs> but uh yeah, I was I was brought in with Uncle Ed, um Aunt Flossie. I wonder what the hell her real name was. I don't know. I always called her Flossie. Aunt Flossie. Florence? Sure. I have no idea. <laughs> we have a Florence <laughs> in our family and they call her Flossie. So Flossie, yeah, maybe that's it. I'll have to ask my mom, see if she remembers. She'll be like, Oh god, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but uh she poured the milk and put the bread out on a like a little handkerchief or whatever on uncle ed's chest and my grandfather's like look before you go in there just it's a body just like anybody else it's not going to jump up and scare you it's not going to grab you this is not true and i learned that later as an emt but yeah right <laughs> yeah they move Why? they do sit up they do move they move they belch they moan I wasn't prepared for that, but so I go into the room. We've got other stories to ask you then towards the end of this interview. So keep going. (laughs) I go into the room and it was just go up there and, and, uh, he's like, you eat the bread first and you drink the drink and then you say the prayer and then you talk to no one, you turn around and you, you walk out to where I am. I'm like, okay. So I walked in, they had it all written down on a little piece of paper for me, you know, how to, cause I'm, but what goes through your head at some point when you're like, you know, you know what family gift I'd like to give my grandson, my only grandson, the okay. ability to take on everyone else's sin. Oh, thanks. That's but, <laughs> so, yeah, it's huge, I guess. But uh, <laughs> when in that did it for Uncle Ed, Uncle Ed, he was that cool uncle, you know, but I did that for him and it wasn't scary at the time, which I found weirder than the actual doing it was the fact that, oh, this doesn't bother me at all. That's really weird. Well, but, uh, you're performing a service, though. You know, it's. Yeah. 
the idea of what you're doing is a form of relief. So it is. I had a friend who used to work in an, an old folks home and I used to, I used to ask him like, how can you work with the, you know, he would become friends with the old folks and stuff and then they would pass yeah. away, you know? And I'm like, how can you build relationships with these people? I guess I was more naive at the time. I'm like, how can you do that? And become friends with these people when, you know, they're not long for this world because of their age and stuff. And he said, you know what? I kind of feel it's my duty because these people are yeah. going to be around here much longer. And I'm, I'm, you know, I'm performing a service with, by them to, to be there for it's them true. in their latter years and stuff. They and, you need know. you. Yeah. 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 That's, you, you have to look at it as, you know, these, these, that's the end game that these people are going to pass. And what, what can you do to make that time between now and then as palatable and as good as it can be in those horrible places. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, yeah, it's, it's a good man, your friend. Uh, they need more people like that in the nursing homes because working around them in EMS and as an EMT, taking people in and out of there, you see horror stories, horrible places. So, okay, you did this. Now you mentioned something earlier about something about your grandmother and something about people turning their backs or something like that. Oh, and most more recently and since my father passed you know i did it from my father and the uh funeral director had known about it but didn't again didn't know it ex- still existed so he was pretty fascinated by it and after the funeral he asked he's like i doubt i will ever have anyone that will ask for it but if they do is it okay to call you and then if you want to do it you can if not they don't know you know you said yes or no so yeah i'm like yeah it's fine thinking that I mean, he's never going to call me but uh, I did get called once. Um, I guess it was last year, sometime uh-huh. uh, March, last March, something like that. March a year, something like that. And he said, "There's a old Irish family, and uh, it came up in conversation." And she said, "The the uh, grandfather, great grandfather, whatever he was, always wanted a sin eater, wanted." someone so they said would you do it and i'm like yeah i'll do it and he's like what do you charge i'm like they never got paid anything i'm like five dollars but it has to all be in dollar coins because that just seemed cooler mm. you know it's weird to take paper money you know i for some reason i guess it's like some weird classical lit thing where i want you know my the coins in my hand like sharon <laughs> <laughs> i prefer but, uh, coin so yeah i i want a little purse of coins you know like here thank you it makes me feel more medieval there you go but they only ever got a couple of pence which i think they said if you look at their money now and it was like a couple of dollars three four dollars something like that so i figure a dollar for inflation isn't terrible it's enough to buy a beer depends on where you are Uh, yeah true and which beer exactly of your eternal eternal soul is going pretty cheap these days it really is. Wow, I can take on all your sin for five bucks. It's not a. You definitely don't get into this to make money. No. No one's getting rich but, off of this uh, shit. No, and uh, I came there. They met me outside, which I kind of found kind of funny. I'm just there like, <laughs> we'll meet you outside. And uh, Please don't come into our home. <laughs> right. He gave me five, you know, of the $1 coins and. And they said it's this way, you know, and he didn't really, he wasn't very chatty either. And I don't, I was taught you don't ask, you don't talk, you don't. So they stuck to tradition that they treated you like shit and paid you cheaply. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, everyone was very nice, but very reserved. And I walked in and and a large number of people in the crowd would actually turn their backs 
kind of look elsewhere and I'm just like, wow, this, this is legit. <laughs> this is, this is really how it yeah. was. I just, I, I don't know why I just didn't buy it that even nowadays they'd be like, Oh, here's this curious fella. What's this about? But no, went there and went up to the casket and they laid out like a little cloth and put the stuff. I had my, I have my own bowl. My grandfather's uh, was burned when he passed away. And uh, I put my bowl up there. They poured some beer in the bowl and they had some very crusty, like pumpernickel like bread and, and uh, ate that and drank the beer. I don't remember looking anyone in the face around there and just kind of people nodded and I nodded and I said my prayer and walked back out and got in the car and went home. Okay. So let me ask you then, what is the prayer that you read? Uh, well, it's pretty much now there's one on, uh, there's one on, uh, the Wikipedia page or somewhere I found one and it's a lot shorter, although that's integrated into what I was taught. Um, so the one I have is, uh, I take your shame, your fear, the weights that bend your back. I give you easement and rest, dear brother or sister. Um, uh, walk not walk not down our lanes or cross our fields and for this piece i pawn my own soul so it has elements of that one that i've been seeing on the internet but it's slightly different did your family that. have one that was passed on through tradition or are we just kind of winged that's the one i was that's the one i was given mm. Mm. no you the whole idea behind this is your the statement is made you pawn your soul you're not giving up your soul for this you're taking right. on the burden and through – I would that, assume that through your process of daily life would be purging yourself slowly to release their woes to yeah, that's achieve how your uh, lividity within your own soul. Sure. Yeah. I, that's, I, that, that's the way it makes sense to me. Yeah. It's, I don't think it's nearly as tragic. You know, Some accounts say it's like, well, obviously this person – wasn't allowed to have a sin eater. So he's going to take all those sins with him. I think it was a divine scam. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> and, you know, my grandfather and all his relatives were Quakers. They don't even believe in sin. So there had that's to be true. at some yeah. point where they're kind of laughing, but maybe that's be- when it became more about taking their burdens so they don't come back as ghosts, which apparently is how it evolved over time from you eating their sins to just being uh, this is his unfinished business. I'm going to take all his worry about that so he can just go on and he's not going to come back and haunt us. So that, uh, that brings up to, you know, some paranormal groups that I've met along the way who are like, have you ever thought of trying to do it later down the road rather than just when the person died, but try doing the sin eating in some sort of ritual fashion to ease hauntings. I'm like, I'll try anything once. That might, uh, it might actually, I mean, uh, not that I, yeah, I could see where if you went into an, an area that had, quote unquote, like a elevated level of paranormal activity, right. if you were to do that same thing and allow yourself to be that conduit, right? then go back just for, you know, shits and giggles, go back and see whether or not those people had any the lessening people. of exactly. activity. And again, you know, depending who you ask, you're going to have people going, no, it's going to open you up to eating oh, demons. Sure. Oh, God. Dude, I eat Taco Bell. I know all about eating demons. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> it's not bad when they go in. It's when it comes out. 
Oh yeah. It's expelling the demon that's terrible. <laughs> and here we go again. <laughs> Welcome to this year's fecal matter. So yeah, that's right. what was the thing with your grandmother you said something about earlier? Oh uh, what was that? Something oh well, she had mentioned yeah. mentioned the sin. Yeah, that was um trying to think exactly how she said it. Um, cause she was talking about, yeah, cause she was talking again about how things should be bitter and stale in your mouth. Like it even, I think that's why she used milk and I'm wondering if I'm thinking back if it was milk or maybe it was buttermilk, but I don't remember, but I remember it was every time I've done it, stuff tastes off. But, uh, she was saying that it should be bitter. Cause that's when she said, uh, like the sins, you know, that you're, that you're taking on. And that's the only time she, you know, my grandfather never mentioned that anything about sin or sin eating or consuming sins or taking sins. She brought that up that one time after I did it for my grandfather when he passed. And because uh, she was gathering the bread and I'm like, well, let's just use this. She's like, no, it's too fresh. It has to be slightly stale or slightly off because it should not it should not be tasty. It shouldn't be enjoyable. You know, wouldn't it make more sense to consume a small amount of wormwood? Yeah, almost anything would make more sense than just the bread. <laughs> I know, now, I know some places that you didn't even get the beer. It was bread with salt on it. Oof. And I'm thinking the salt was just on there to make it a less desirable meal. But then salt's used in, in different Lindsay. rituals. Yeah, yeah throughout history. So Purification, so... Uh, right, so then maybe that was put on the bread to keep out something else, you know, that we've lost the time. But well, if you were to put the bread on the corpse, now, mind you, this is this is all speculation on my part. Sure, I don't have any. I don't have any firsthand experience in any of this. However, uh, I I would state that I have experience with drawing certain things out. Right. Now, if you place something upon a vessel that you want certain aspects removed from, you'd place the item on the vessel and you'd place salt on it so that it would only be able to pass into said item. And then oh, that, that item sense. could be removed sure. and placed within a vessel itself to be able to keep it from going through and out. Right. That makes good sense. I never thought of that. That is really good. It sounds like something you would hear, watch on Supernatural. <laughs> supernatural bullshit. Well, right. you you do see salt used in a lot of binding rituals, summing rituals, and oh, circles yeah. of protection. So, have you had sure. pretzels? Yes. Okay, they're right. delicious. So, salt isn't all evil. <laughs> no, especially with a good beer. No, but I it's um, know. but salt <laughs> is an element of the earth. It's like there's all these it things is. that, and I don't exactly know why. I should probably research that sometime as to why salt is such a adamant force in the world. Because it was magic so important and expensive at one time. That's why. It's more right. through time that it was such a – it was an item that was so hard to get. I mean, nowadays, salt to us is like, whatever. I just go, you know, pop on down to the normal, you know, grocery store and grab some. Mm -hmm. But back in the right. day, you had to go into mines and, and get it or you had to trek across oh, yeah. long journeys to be able to pull it out of places. Like the Dead Sea, it would it would build up. But it was hard to get. That's why that's where the term salary comes from. Soldiers were paid in salt because it was worth so much money. Right. 
there never was a salt rebellion, was there? It wasn't until no. whiskey. No. Now, whiskey was worth fighting over. Yeah, yeah well, <laughs> that's because everybody got all hopped up and wanted a good beatdown. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So you've done this for your grandfather. You've done this. Uh, you've done this for at least one family on the outside. And you mentioned that you did it for your father. Was that just a natural father, progression yeah. of thing? Um, I, in all honesty, I didn't know if I was going to do it for my father. I didn't have a good relationship with him. It was a uh, very abusive childhood that I grew up in. And when he passed, you know, it was sort of this, well, I hate to say it, but good, <laughs> you know, I feel you brother, bye, Believe me. move along. Yeah. You know, it's like, I'm not going to speak ill of the dead, but glad you're there, you know? And, uh, yeah, but you're it took some soul searching for stepping up and taking that. That's what I kind of, it took me some time, you know, and I'm thinking, I'm like, well, maybe I just don't know him, mm-hmm. you know? And who, what right do I have to just judge him on one dimension of his character? I only knew him as, as you know, my dad, the father. I didn't know him as Robert, the son, or Robert, the husband, although that looked both pretty crummy, too. But um, I don't know. At first, I just, I just got this idea. I'm like, well, look, this is the family. This is what we do. This is what's done. I don't have the right to deny someone that even though he never asked me for it. And I think he was always very resentful that I had a better relationship with my grandfather than he did. Mm. But, uh, I still, I still did it for him. And, uh, you know, Kudos to you, man. yeah, he was cremated. So I actually have taken his ashes around all kinds of places. He's at the top of, uh, Noche Mole, which is, a that the tallest pyramid in the Mayan empire in the city of Koba. So he, nice. has, he has ashes up there and then lands end in Maine. And Been so. there. Yeah. Uh, you know what? I, by, by spreading him out throughout the whole planet. Yeah. You've done yourself a service more so than him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, That's I mean, if, if you really want to think about it and, and, and there is some tenant to the fact that, you know, you're supposed to stay within one place as as oh, one yeah. whole by spreading him out you've lessened the ability for any if you bias into such things any evil that may have persisted within him to, con- right. to join together to be able to spread further yeah i, I was telling a uh, one of my old anthropology professors about it and he's like so you put your father's remains in the temple atop a mayan pyramid yeah you know that probably counts as a sacrifice, right? Woohoo! Oh, five. <laughs> ever thought of that? They owe me something then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. I'll have a crop, you know, at some point. Um, but, uh, yeah. you've got in your notes not to change the subject, but I want I want to try to get <laughs> as much of this as I can. Um, sure. You've got something here about the scapegoat of Leviticus. Oh yes, yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of people think that that's where this all comes from and it's leviticus it's uh um 1621 through 22 i believe and it's uh talks about it oh yeah it's in my notes okay good um and aaron shall lay both his hands on the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities of the children of israel and all their transgressions and all their sins putting them up on the head of the goat and he shall 
serve him away by the hand of a fit man into the wilderness. Uh, I don't know. They didn't have the short fat guy take him into the wilderness. So I was out of that. <laughs> Evidently it was a fit man who took the, uh, the scapegoat out into the wilderness. But they think this is all where it came from is that they could, you could somehow transmute and pass your sins on to something, anything, and then make it go away. And that's pretty much where the sin eater came in and they treated him just like the goat come in, do what you got to do and then get, get out of town. Cause you're scary. And why would anyone want to do this? But yeah, thanks. It makes sense. But, I mean, yeah, you, you look at the ritual sacrifices that were done, you know, during, you know, even pre Israel times, uh, Israelite days where they had burnt sacrifices of animals that were done a couple times a year to try and appease at that point, it was it was a polytheistic as opposed to a monotheistic view that is now where they were. It was they were sent up as the smoke to burn to the gods to appease them. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, I, it, it makes sense. That, I mean, it got a little less so where they just took the animal and released it into the wilderness where it would, you know, it's a go. It's not going to starve. It's going to be able to find its way. So it's like a lessening of the burden of, oh, my God, we killed this animal for no apparent reason other than to justify the horrible behavior we've had. Right. You know. I, I wonder when they released it out into the wilderness, if they ever saw it again and were like, ah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's, a it's a goat. Oh, crap. It's a goat. Oh, like, That's got John all over it. <laughs> You've spilled sin all over this goat. That's awesome. <laughs> Looks like we're having mutton for dinner. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Mutton is nice and lean. Yeah. <laughs> That is fantastic. What, not a sheep fan? (laughs) Yes. I got to ask, though, since since me and you first talked about this and we said, yeah, we need to do this for a show. um, Back then, because I knew the basics of it. And then since then, since we said, all right, we're actually going to make this happen this time. And I started going back out and digging for it. I'm now seeing these little things pop up all over the Internet where people are offering services that... Uh I found one of those too. It's just kind of like, and I, I don't want to be, I, I don't know how to say it without sounding like being an ass, but it's kind of like, I don't, I don't oh. know if these people are like, well, they went out and read about it and okay, this sounds cool. It sounds like I'm going to do it. Whereas you actually have a yeah. legitimate family lineage passed down through the ages where it's been, it just seems more legitimate with you because it was passed on to you and you are the next bearer of that, that service, you know? And it just kind of seems like it's like the next paranormal kind of thing you know like Dang, yeah, I'm cool right I'm, I'm a sin eater and this is, you know, <laughs> ride that wave yeah I, I don't know I mean yeah, I don't, it sounds that's it, why it sounds really shady to me and, yeah but I don't know I think people kind of came into it like that originally I don't think they kind of came home from the field one day and went yeah man this job sucks you know what would be cool <laughs> eating bread and drinking you know? beer off of a dead guy yeah, right I, I just feel that they're some kind of really angry old man outcast that is just like good keeps them away i go in there they give me some bread they give me some beer they think i changed something i go you know and like no one bothers me well we've seen know. resurrection of certain arts before that have been quote oh, unquote sure. lost yeah that i don't know if i don't know it may See, I, I'm at a crossroads at that because 
I know that there are people that want to start things over to be like hipsterish or yeah, that's kind you know, of and I'm glad it's being niche. brought back, but I'm not sure if I enjoy the hipster but, aspect of it. But at the same time, it's are, like yeah, this is a cool tradition that's being preserved. So I'm kind of torn. There it's is, but I mean, of culture again. Again, so, true. There, there is that aspect, but there are people that genuinely want certain things brought back or sure. you know do their due diligence to be able to bring things back. You know, I mean, like there's, there, there are certain groups that, um, I may or may not be a part of that, uh, have brought back the ability to listen to what people have to share with them with no attachments at all to be able to relieve them of the burden that they have at that time, not before they die. It's not a, and I don't want to say that we, the service that's rendered is like um, a penance or uh, what? The, what's the what do they call it? A confession? It's not a confessional. It's just a person right. sharing what they have to try to lessen what they're carrying. You yeah. take that responsibility on to help them with their burden, and then you, in turn, release that in a particular manner that has been right. not passed down but revived. Because it was done at one point. And it's not – you tend not to tell people that you're involved with it because you get that, well, you're just doing it because it's a cool thing to do now or you want to be special or there's nothing special about it. You know, it fell into your lap. This is what you were – you decided to take on. And same, you know, like what you've done. This is something that was handed to you at a young age. You didn't necessarily – you didn't ask for it. No, and I had no idea what to do with it after my grandfather died. I'm like, oh, well, and I really just didn't think about it for for years or anything. Cause I'm just like, it's just a weird family tradition that I never, no one will ever be interested in or and then we came along. care about. And then, yeah. then you guys came along. Yeah. Well, let me ask you a question, <laughs> oh, Gary. It's interesting. Oh, okay. When you were, you know, when you're, when you first did it and, and, and you were a child, of course, but as the years went by and, and you've done more of them, do you find yourself intuitively knowing what to expect or what to do or knowing that what you're doing is a service and know that there's nothing that is going to be rendered to you other than what has been given. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the first time I did it, you know, it's kind of this novel thing of, Oh, I just get to do this. You know, I, there wasn't this spiritual aspect. There wasn't this, wow, I'm doing this cool thing. It was just that, Oh, okay. Here I drink this. Okay. And I eat that where now, you know, I do it. I, it is something I, I take very seriously, even though I probably don't sound like it tonight, but, uh, that I do take it seriously. I mean, in my opinion, what I'm doing as with most funeral things is for the living. Mm-hmm. So even if you're like the most fervent atheist going into this, if I'm giving that family less worry because they're not worried about, you know, grandpa having to explain the hookers and blow when he <laughs> died, you know, then that's wonderful. If they, or, if, you know, maybe he was an abusive guy like my dad was. And they're just, dude, if this guy comes back, he's going to haunt this house. It's going to be a horror show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or even if they're like, you know, I, I, I love this man. He, he, he had his own demons, blah, blah, blah. I want to make sure he goes into the afterlife all set. Good. Glad to do it. I mean, I think... 
I don't know what happens when I go, <laughs> you know, I don't know if this is something I'm going to pass on to my son or not. I haven't made that decision yet. Right. He's very, uh, skittish of death. It, it upsets him a lot. And I'm, uh, so that was nothing I was going to throw his way. It's not worth giving to him. If it's something that's going to give him anxiety and stress around funerals, you know? Right. But, uh, you know, my grandfather, I remember the talk, but I don't remember the words, if that makes any sense. I remember us talking about, you know, what is it, what does it mean in the forest in the long run? And I just, that was when he would say that you'll, you'll notice that you'll be around death a lot more than other people mm-hmm. because, and, he, and I'm I look back wondering, maybe that's because it scares me less than other people. I mean, other people's deaths, mine terrifies me, but other, <laughs> other people's deaths don't, don't <laughs> really? scare me. Yeah, too much. It's I never you have had fear that of your problem. own mortality. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It, it's it's scary. Not that I think I'm going to go to some lake of fire and fry. No, it's just the the unknowing just of the, the unknown part of of that. You know, and I think that's another reason that I head in the direction I did is I'm trying to find answers, but um. That's interesting. I don't. I don't think I always had that. <laughs> I think this fear was brought on by a, a particular uh, three quarter ounce of mushrooms I had back in the nineties. But hey, it's fine. <laughs> and, uh, it doesn't yeah. matter how you got it. Right, right. But uh, you know, even back then, experimenting with mushrooms or DMT or things like that, I never really came out of it with any more answers than I went into it. So I'm just mm. like, you know what? We're not meant to know. If there's nothing after death, there's nothing to know. And if there is something after death, they don't want us to know. Right. It's better to be a little scared of death. You stop being scared of death, you end up being, what am I here for then? You know, and (laughs) I went through bad depression. I went through times like that, that I think my fear of that kept me alive. Right. See, I, I'm not afraid of death in the least for myself. Uh, yeah, but you've been I, there. Well, <laughs> right, right. That's just, but I, it's not, it's, I'm not afraid to die. <laughs> oh, I, I, I'm more concerned about what's going to be left behind for my children. Right. Oh, sure. Yeah. Like my, 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 mor- my mortality at this point is like, whatever. I had a good run. I just want to make sure that they're set before it happens. Right. So, yeah. I mean, and I, I, yeah, I shouldn't be here. Like for numerous reasons, I shouldn't be here. This last one just gave me a nice little reel to watch while it went on. <laughs> what's your opinion of what's going ahead, on bro. with all of this now? Uh, I okay. Here's my prediction. My prediction is that well, society to me is elastic, or culture is elastic. Mm-hmm. So the farther you get away from something, the more it's going to end up pulling you back. Now you, you come into this techno world that we have and all this, we are so more connected than we have ever been and so much more disconnected than we have ever been. Mm. If, if you can follow that. Yeah. yeah that's I can very, get on my phone and, and, and contact my friends in Portugal or Belgium or wherever they may be. But I, I, I don't know my neighbors. Right. It's true. You know, and I, I think you're going to see a longing for the village again a longing for they want the butcher they want a baker they want you know they want to go to the shoe store right the candlestick maker they (laughs) want to be able to they want to go to these things there's a longing for that and you also get that because uh, 
the large part of our population now are baby boomers that grew up still with that. You went right. to the, the shoe store to get shoes. You went to the butcher to get meat. You went to the baker to get bread. And See, I, I still have all that in my town. I just see what known as hipsters. <laughs> wow. No, these are old families that are running them. See, That's great. They're hipsters. If it wasn't for hipsters, we'd never have great IPA. So, you know, you got to oh, give yeah, them their... I, I, yeah, I, I can't I stand it. Once I grew my beard, I suddenly liked IPAs. There's a correlation. I'm sorry to hear that. I, I have a beard and I, I got, can't drink, goddamn you, bull. <laughs> oh, I did for the longest time, and then all of a sudden something clicked, and I'm like, oh, these are delicious. I see a return to the whole village culture and mentality, and you're seeing it in the way new shopping centers are going up, especially around here in the Northeast. You're seeing a lot where it's all stores on the bottom and then all apartments for like mm-hmm. five, six stories above it. And I, to me, that's just a sign that we want to get back to that. We want to come out of our house, walk somewhere close by, get all the things we need and scramble back into our house again. We don't want to have to drive to it. We want to know our neighbors. We want to, you know, and they're even building apartment buildings now that have common rooms like dorm. And yeah, dorms. I, I think, yeah, I think we're, we're a cultural, we're a social animal. And I think we're missing that. There's only so much we can get from, you know, uh, being a furry on second life or constantly <laughs> killing people on Fortnite. <laughs> you know, we want more, right? We, we want more of a connection than just, you know, being a furry on second life and scrumping digital pixels isn't going to be enough for people. <laughs> so I noticed you brought furry on second life up twice. Uh. <laughs> There's something you want to share. I have no idea what you're talking about. That's awesome. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a furry on Second Life, but <laughs> oh god, we were probably in the same dance hall somewhere doing one of those stupid dances. So has any? Not have that any... I've ever been in Second Life, you know. Of course, <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> All things being equal, right, right. <laughs> Never mind my pink bunny suit. Um, That's right. You look like a pink nightmare. I wasn't a vampire or a werewolf. I guarantee. I promise. I, I know wow. people that still that that are still doing that. Not not being furries on Second Life, but I know people that still hang out on Second Life. And I'm like, then again, I, I, World of Warcraft is still <laughs> trudging along pretty well. So yeah, it is. Just, just, which is the cooler version of Second Life. <laughs> yeah, much. That's, yeah. About it. that's one thing i never did i never played world of warcraft i did for a few years yeah i did for a few years I and then i got out of it so yeah I, I I, it. i've done my time there uh and i've still got people there's still people on our facebook page they're always like dude you should come back i'm like i don't even know how to get back in my account was hacked i don't want to go back i don't want to have anything to yeah. do with that you know i'm done with it oh no oh. man i've got a, a level 120 ranger blah 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 and i'm like no man it's that's so much of my life, you know, I, it was fun, but I look back and I'm like, man, that was like three years of my life that were just gone. That You're you know, never getting that back. No, no, I'll probably get hemorrhoids no. from it. There's <laughs> things yeah. on eBay from World of Warcraft. You're buying non-tangible items. You know, like, you can get this Warhammer. It's only 800, Ameri- you know, 800 actual dollars. I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. crazy. No on that. Hard pass. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. So um, you mentioned earlier about the paranormal groups thing. Um, yeah. Have you been invited by anybody to do this or would you do it? Or yeah, It's kind of just been in a, uh, a brief kind of talking thing. We were talking about at Fort Delaware when I was there for the past 
ghost tours and they're like, well, maybe that's something we should explore. So I really should get back in touch with them and see if they want to set something up, try something out. It just really has to be, you know, you can't go in there and like, yeah, whatever's upsetting you, I'll take that inside me, you know, here, I'll take that. Next thing you know, I'm a, you know, crazed lunatic or something, but it's, I think it's worth investing. I think there's a way of doing the ritual where it, the ritual is the ritual. I mean, whether you're putting it on the, you know, eating it right off the corpse or not, it's you saying the prayer that, Hey, I'm taking all this stuff and I'm going to, I'm going to ingest that for you. I'm going to get that right out of you so you can go on and go do what you have to. It's no longer your burden. And I think that's where the, the quote unquote, the magic of that ritual is. So why can't that be done later? Why can't that be done on top of a grave instead of on top of the corpse or in a house or wherever? But, you know, maybe it'll take experimenting. Maybe it'll work. Who knows? Maybe it will do nothing. But this should be an interesting experiment anyway. Why not give it a shot? Because I think, you know, I think a lot of people end up being sin eaters in ways that they don't realize they're doing it. I mean, how many toxic relationships have you been in where you're, wow, I've eaten every shit sandwich you fed me. And I'm going to keep eating them because I know there's a better you inside. You know, and I'm going to keep taking that. So you're inadvertently, you're eating their sin and taking their crap in hopes that they kind of use that to move on and turn out as better people. Or maybe I just date the wrong people. I don't know. But uh, did you just say maybe you ate the wrong people? (laughs) I ate the wrong people. My Freudian slip. (laughs) The wrong people. That's a whole nother show. That one. So let me ask you one more thing. You mentioned mm-hmm. you are a paramedic and you've brought some funny stuff up earlier. I need to go back because I, I love talking to paramedics. <laughs> oh, so if you could tell me the most craziest story, you said something about you've had bodies set up on you and, and of course, oh, yeah. and fart and, all, fart and all these things. Um, tell us some stories if you've got any. <laughs> well, there was this, uh, well, what's the polite term to use? This uh, grossly overweight, older woman like in her late 70s, and she's big. She's like 600 pounds big. And we get called for to come there, you know, so already I'm like, look, it's 3 a.m. And now I got to lift her into the ambulance. I'm so happy. I've heard many of these kinds of stories. Go ahead. Well, yeah. Well, you just wait. And <laughs> we get called, it's, a, it's abdominal pain. So I go in there with my partner and we're talking to her and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, all right, well, why don't we get a, get you over here on the stretcher and kind of get going here so we can figure out what's going on. All right. So we get her to stand, which I'm incredibly happy about. So she can pivot and sit on the, on the stretcher, which is power to go up and down. So I don't have to lift her onto the stretcher because when you're an EMT, no matter what they tell you, it's all about you. (laughs) But, uh, we get as she stands up, there's this thud. Something hits the ground. I'm like, the hell is that? And I'm looking and it's the TV remote. I, oh no. Do you see where this is going? Oh no. Are you going to tell me that the TV remote was caught in a in a roll of fat? Oh no. Oh, not a roll of fat row. Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> not a no! roll of fat. Why did I ask you to tell these stories? I, I immediately regret this. <laughs> Even large older women get lonely, bro. Oh, oh my God. God. Uh, so that fell out. And then, of course, you know, it comes with this, no pun intended. Um, 
Can we what just go back to talking about eating food off dead bodies? <laughs> that was so much more comfortable so my, than this. <laughs> I have a brand new partner. And I'm oh. just like, oh, hey, she dropped the remote. Can you grab that oh, for me? Did. And I help. Oh, he, no. He just reaches down with his bare hand, grabs him. He's like, Dude. oh. It's, oh. And I'm like. <laughs> oh, my God. What a dick. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. Oh, wow. I wasn't looking for that kind of a story. I was thinking maybe a oh, body set uh, up and got it. scared you Careful or something. For, I told you about the on the last episode about the woman who said I reminded her of Borman. Yeah. Yep. yep. Yeah. Oh, the, the German prostitute. I believe she yeah. was. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. She was a German uh, prostitute um, during World War II and she used to sleep yeah, with the Nazis. The Joy Division. Yes. Yeah. Which is where the band got its name from. Mm. Yeah, it is. <sighs> wow. Oh yeah, we've had. I, I had. I got called for a suicide. Uh, again, it was a pretty large guy, and he had hung himself from a beam. Oof! And uh, it was hot. It was oh. August. Oh! And we get in there, same partner, because <laughs> this guy has no luck. Same partner. He comes in, and we're. I'm just looking at this guy hanging here, and I'm like, oh my god. And he walks in, closes the door a little bit harder. <laughs> it slams. And everything from the shoulders down just sloughs right off the spine. Oh. oh. Okay. I think story time with Gary is done now. <laughs> we just wow. sit there looking going, my partner's like, was that me? Did I do that? <laughs> Did I do that? <laughs> oh my god that's like, awesome. well, something you don't see every day i'm not not enough brain brain bleach to get that out of my head that's is that why you left that career is that because of things yeah, like that yeah yeah and worse yeah <laughs> worse horrible things eventually it just like and i'm done <laughs> yeah so eating food off of dead bodies is probably much easier than that's this yeah i mean even as an archaeologist you know we'd be sitting there as as you went on in a cemetery dig, you just even forget how to be a civil human being. You're sitting there eating your lunch going, oh, there's adipus here under my nails. Well, I should have washed my hands. Damn it. Eh? You know, Sandwich isn't going to eat itself. <laughs> yes, exactly it. Uh, adipus here is uh, um, fatty tissue. When it hits acidic soil, it becomes kind of like soap. soap. Yeah, yeah, corpse soap. And uh, it protects anything that's under it. So sometimes, you know, you'd have a big belly there and you'd lift this adipocero off and you never know what kind of horrible things you'll find under that. Well, having yeah. said that, what was the great, you know what, maybe I shouldn't ask um, this, but. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, you'll be sad again, but uh, I, I you'll remember. You'll be you know, sad again. It's like <laughs> a sad hayride, Roger. Writing on the bag for the lab, schlong, and just, you know, kind of using my trowel and stuffing it in the bag and nice. just send that right along. But the hair stays there in yep. the burials. So, you know, you'd have a beautiful skull with, with like pigtails or pony and par ponytail or, you know, braids or things like that. So they were neat. I love digging burials. I would just make sure that I had from the waist up because it always skis me out to be digging through the dirt, digging through the, Oh, Oh, they're, you know, something Ew. tells me that somewhere in you, you've got one hell of a book just waiting to be written. Yeah, you need to write something, homie. A stupid or a blog. Why don't you just do a blog? Do a blog. I used to have a blog. Oh, I have a blog. It's still out there. I just haven't used it in a while. I should just start putting random stories on it. Yes, you should. 
<laughs> you should post it in, in Project Archivist how people can get there. I should. I will do that. It was uh, the prose sentence. The, what was it? The prose sentence, the ramblings of a verbal whore. <laughs> nice. So, wow. Yeah. So I'll look it up. It has a lot of poetry and stories. And then I uh, studied Zen Buddhism 20 years. So a bunch of my Dharma talks are on there and stuff like that. If somebody wanted mm-hmm. to get into it and start doing this and they contacted you, would you teach people how to do this or point them in the right direction for resources and stuff? Yeah, like as that? long as they were serious and wanted to do it and weren't going to be like, yeah, I'll come out there and do it. Um, that's $20,000 plus airfare. And yikes, you know, one, I don't, I can't imagine anyone paying that. If they can get that good, send me a share, but you know, don't, <laughs> right? don't ask for that. You're there to kind of not only ease someone who's past burdens, but the family around them. And that's who you really have to answer to and be respectful for. And if this is something that the that family, the living wants and believes in, then that has to be taken with utmost seriousness. And, you know, you're go in there, don't make contact, eye contact, take it seriously. Don't be like, oh, do I get to stay around for the meal afterwards? Go. You had your meal. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, if people wanted to do that, I'd absolutely teach them and show them what I do. And do you have an email like, address for that you'd want to give out, or just or, um, no, or? yeah, they can email me. It's Gary Normal two two one at Gmail. Hmm. And nice. uh, they'll find me if they're on your on your uh, Facebook group. I'm always posting something stupid on there. They can find me there. And uh, just hit me up. Just send like a little introduction thing so I know who you are and that you're not just some Nigerian prince wanting to give me money. Nigerian prince. <laughs> Look right. at me. I am the captain now. <laughs> oh, sorry, wrong movie. Right. <laughs> <laughs> this has been one of the wildest conversations I think I've ever had with one of our listeners. <laughs> it's great. Very this enjoyable. was cool. Yeah, this was really cool. Yeah, thanks for coming on and doing this. I'm glad we finally oh, managed to pull it off after so many years. <laughs> first time I've ever talked about it this publicly. It's not that I was against it. I'm just like, mm, people just think I'm weird. But you guys already knew that, so I had nothing to lose. No, I don't yeah, think it's funny. weird. Go anywhere. So there's that. Yeah, I don't think yeah. this is weird at all. I think it's a it's a it's a service that you're performing. I don't see anything wrong with it. And if sure. and if you were nope. and, and, and when my time comes, if if you were able to do it, I'd be totally cool with it. However, I would insist that you <laughs> drink good beer, and I would probably have tortillas laid out, or you know maybe a quesadilla. <laughs> yes. I'd probably well, insist on having a quesadilla for at least another forty to fifty years, at least. So, <laughs> you are forbidden. <laughs> right i have no sense well, i might just You're come visit on the hospital and do that anyway you know just <laughs> drive up there i'm uh-huh. not eating this quesadilla unless it's off of rose chest yeah i wake up oh. I, I wake up from surgery and you're just eating a quesadilla and drinking beer off my chest I'm like well it's drinking paps blue ribbon and eating a quesadilla off your chest i don't, I don't know who this man is or like gary what's up <laughs> Hold on. There we go. I don't want you to get salsa all over you. <laughs> that is so green, right? Right, right. <clears throat> That's fantastic. All right, man. Well, we're going to call this good because we actually have gone over right. the over hour mark. So, uh, yeah, thanks for coming on here and talking about this, man. This was a lot oh, of fun. It was pleasure. great talking to you. It's good talking to you again, well, thanks, man. Thanks, brother.
Want to get in contact with the show or listen to back episodes? It's easy. Go to www.projectarchivist.com. On the right side of the page, you'll find links to our archives, as well as links on how to get onto our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter. If you want to leave a voicemail for us, it's 734-681-0459. Yes, we do listen to all of them. Or if you want to talk to Lobo directly, you can call 203. Yeah, that number for Lobo doesn't work anymore. I've just been too lazy and haven't had the time to change this. But the show number still works. So call us, please, somebody, soon, please. Yes, that will in fact put you in touch with his cell phone. If he's available, he will take your call and talk to you. Nope, that won't happen either. If you're just looking to send us an email, you can do that at projectarchivist at gmail.com. Don't forget to look for us on iTunes under the podcast section. Oh yeah, you can find us on the Podbean app too. That doesn't cost anything either. Or you can stream us right to your phone with the Stitcher Android app for free. Are you afraid of what goes bump in the night? Have you or your friends ever pondered a conspiracy? Do you want to know more about the unknown? If so, then put on your tinfoil hat, sit down, and pick up your computer, tablet, or phone. Go to iTunes or YouTube and search for Secret Transmission Podcast and listen to us try to explain the unexplainable. Follow us on Twitter for updates on shows. At Secret Trans Pod. That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-P-O-D. Or you can email us suggestions at secrettransmission at hotmail.com. That's S-E-C-R-E-T-T-R-A-N-S-M-I-S-S-I-O-N at hotmail.com. If you like motorcycles and you like comedy, perhaps you should try the Wheel Nerds podcast. Stop that. What what are you doing? I'm doing my announcer voice. It's proven super effective. It's stupid. Nope. We're the Wheel Nerds. Shut up. We're the Wheel Nerds. We're a weekly-ish comedy motorcycle podcast where we talk about everything two wheels and a bunch of stuff that isn't. Give us a listen at wheelnerds.com, iTunes, or Stitcher, or wherever fine podcasts are sold. Ha! 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 I gotta stop doing this now, my friends. Hi there, I'm Logan. And I'm Lindsay. And we host the new podcast, Folklore on the Rocks, where we talk about folklore and lesser-known creatures, cryptids, and monsters from around the world. When we say lesser-known, we mainly mean that we won't be covering creatures like Bigfoot or Nessie or Chupacabra, just because they're discussed so often, and the world just has so many other awesome options to draw from. Every two weeks, we'll be diving deep into the legends and culture that surround a specific creature, and getting a bit tipsy as we do so. But don't worry, we do our research sober. (laughs) On the weeks in between, we'll be narrating and discussing folktales. So some will be historical folklore from the regions that our creatures are from, and some will be more like modern folklore, like no sleeps and creepypastas. You can find out more about us on our website, FolkloreOnTheRocks.com, on Facebook and Instagram at FolkloreOnTheRocks, and Twitter at at FolkloreRocks. So come on, grab a drink, join us, and let's dig deep together. Very fun guy, Gary Morgan. And Gary's um, the man. It's like I said, he's got so much interesting stuff. And then, and then after the, the show... The curveball of the archaeology? I mean, come on. Yeah, it kind of took a weird turn. I was thinking he was going to tell us stories of bodies sitting up when he was yeah. talking about his paramedic days. <laughs> Dude, careful I, what you ask for. wasn't really expecting the dildo remote control from an no. old woman. That was really odd. No. Um, yeah, that that was not. Or the meat suit that wasn't cool either. Yeah, that wasn't I mean, really was, expected. But... I really wasn't expecting those stories to go in those directions. You know, 
So, but he did tell us a really cool story after we got off the air about his archaeology stuff. And we're like, you need to do a goddamn blog and you need to do it now. So, Gary, I know you're listening. Do your goddamn blog. <laughs> he will. He'll get on it. This was supposed to be a show with Joshua Cutchin. Josh was supposed to be here for it. Yeah. Well, you know. Well, it's funny because. Um, is it? Is it funny? It is funny because. In a cosmic jo- sort of way, I guess. Josh has gone off and joined this or joined or started this weird Ewok cult. Um, yep, yep. Yeah, um, I, w- I would be watching any messages you get from him on Facebook and I'll leave it at that. But um, Josh was I was talking to Josh on Facebook. He's like, you know, all these times where you say I was busy and blah, blah, blah. He goes, I'm really not that busy. And it's like, all right, Josh, we're going to be recording this show. What date are you available to come on and record this show with us? Uh, I've got a gig that day. I'm doing something on that day. And that day I'm really busy. So, yeah, I'm pretty much booked up for the rest of the month with gigs. It's like, okay, so you, you're busy and you really can't, you can't come on the show. <laughs> Damn it. So yes, you are incredibly busy all of the time. So, uh, Super yeah, guy. You know, uh, Josh, I think you're listening. Congratulations on, uh, uh, congratulations on your announcement of twins. And yeah, also dude. two little cutchins immediately. Yeah. Right <laughs> off the bat. And, mm-hmm. um, also congratulations on your announcement of your next impending book coming with writer, Timothy Renner, which means at some point, we may possibly have both of those guys on the air at the same time. Uh, cause they're, they've, uh, they've, cause Josh, when he was on last time, he was very timid and coy. He didn't want to say who he was. Well, he couldn't. Yeah. So couldn't. now he did, now it's public knowledge that him and Timothy Renner are both writing a book together. Mm-hmm. So I'm very much interested in hearing that or reading it. I should say, um, yeah, the Vicodin is definitely kicking in right now. So I'm getting Yikes. a little loopy here, but, um, I can't think if there was anything else that I was supposed to say or not. I don't, I don't quite remember. Yeah. Other than you've got a show that you're working on. You actually went on to uh, Drawing Out the Spirits. Did yeah. I? Yeah, you did. You did an inter- Don't try to deny it now. <laughs> Are you sure it was me? Yes, I'm sure it was oh, you. All right. I'm I don't sure know when it's being released. I don't know if anybody's really going to want to listen to it, but it's, it'll, be, it'll be out there. No, you need to cut the sh- You didn't... This is where this is what I was going to talk to you about off the air. I get a lot of people, a lot of people that message me. When's Lobo doing another show? See, nobody messages me about that. I don't so. know. Nobody. I, people need to bug you. But okay. I, I get the two things they get are, will Lobo come on my show? And my response is usually, no, probably not. Lobo doesn't go on other shows. <laughs> and, and the other thing is, when is Lobo coming out with another solo show? I don't know. Maybe you can bug him. And if enough people bug him, maybe he'll do it. So seconds. What's that? December 42nd. <laughs> so it's I, I get that a lot from people. Everybody's like, yeah. And then, um, guys, I'm really sorry if you're out there listening. We got three emails from three separate listeners, you know, talking about how great the show was. And we never, ever get email. So unless it's from people that we really know from the show, and we got three new emails from three different people all over the place, um, you know, saying, hey, I'm glad I'm glad I found your show. It, it was really great to hear from new people. And I really wish I had them in front of me. But I, I keep forgetting to bring these guys up that, yes, these they, you guys know who you are. Um, I will eventually dig up your emails and, you know, give you guys some shout outs on the air. And I got this really cool book. I got to remember this, too. Hold on. Let me reach over here across the vast swath of books that I got. I got normally when people send us books or normally when people contact us and they say, hey, I want to be on your show, that pretty much instantaneously guarantees that we don't want them to be on the show because the people that send us stuff or send us books to read, we generally just don't like them because people like we cover paranormal stuff, but we do it very differently and we are very much our own flavor. 
So usually when somebody sends me something saying, hey, you know, I want to send you my book or whatever, Mark Booth sent me this really cool book called The Illustrated History of the World. And it's all like imagery and and symbolism from throughout history and throughout the world. It's really badass. I'm going to be bringing it back up again at some point or another. And it's just like all this Egyptian symbolism. It's not like really kooky out there, Illuminati, uh, secret society, you know, that kind of stuff. It's just really cool, like occultish, bizarre symbology from all over the world in different periods of time. Sounds and sweet. Very rarely do I recommend, like when somebody sends us a book, I say, yeah, go out and get this book. It's got to be pricey as hell, though. It's a nice, thick, hardcover book, but it's badass. It's so freaking cool. It's got the all-seeing eye on the front of it. And it's just a really badass hardcover book that that if you're into this stuff, you know, there's the gods who loved women, the Green King. Uh, it does talk about Freemasons and the Illuminati, but nothing really crazy or out there. The mm. Garden of Eden, the Sphinx, just all these really neat little cool trinkets and stuff throughout history. And I'm, I'm really digging this book. So if you guys are out there and you're listening, and you're interested in this kind of stuff, go find this book because it's mm. really badass. I think this is its second releasing it's 45 dollars for the hardcover Oof. and yeah but it's so cool man it's nice. like it very rarely do i get books that i'm like wow this is a really badass coffee book it's really high quality it's really really sweet and it's just all this really neat cool old history uh the sun god Ra. you know just the history in the background beside behind the sun god this is really badass. I'm really looking forward to sitting and reading this thing when I can't move. <laughs> well, you know. My future consists of playing of playing uh, Ghost Recon Online with Joe over at Ozone Nightmare and Jesus reading books Christ. and probably watching TV. And one of the reasons, I just put a, a, a beer, a, like a little mini fridge in the office here that is stocked full of pop and beer. So <laughs> I'm looking mm. forward to being a lazy ass for a little while and reading this and a couple other books. But, uh, you know, aside from that, um, everybody have a good, happy turkey day if you celebrate it. If you don't celebrate turkey day, just go out and eat some turkey. Unless you're vegetarian, then go eat a vegan turkey. Tofurkey? Yeah. That stuff is terrible. Is it? I've never had it. Oh, God, it's terrible. Really? Yeah, dude, it's not good. I I don't know. It's not good. I've had it. It's um, not good. Really? Yeah, because I don't. I don't normally mind a lot of tofu like foods. I've always thought I was kind no, of dude. A joke. If you buy a tofurkey like the like the name brand, it is horrid. Really? Yeah, dude. Man, I know people that are that are staunch vegans that just nope. I will not eat that rubbish. I've got a family member that way. I was like, hey, I'm at the shop. I'm up the store at the grocery store, and they've got these tofurkey loaves that are you know on on sale right now. And do you want me to pick you one up for Thanksgiving? You know, because family dinner, they're vegan. I'm like, well, you know, sure, I'll I'll do it. I can't take care. Of it. No, do not feed me that ever. Yeah. No, that's <laughs> terrible, dude. I'll eat almost anything. That's just terrible. It's horrid. <laughs> I did think of you though. Um, that story was po- posted on the Project Archivist page about the guy who was eating the salmon and pulled out the uh, two foot. Oh, dude, worm. no, absolutely, that'll never happen to me. That'll never happen to I me. I didn't know you could catch tapeworms like that from salmon. Absolutely. Are you kidding me, dude? You can get all manner of parasites from raw fish. What's gross? Like, one's worse than that. Is that the guy? Apparently, he okay. We're gonna get gross dude, here. He pulled people. it out himself. He pulled it out himself and he rolled it on because he was having a bad bout of diarrhea. Uh-huh. And then he noticed it and said, well, this isn't right. So he took it and wrapped it around. And it's a true story. I yeah, looked it up. It's it a around legit, the real toilet paper roll. Wrapped it around the toilet oh. paper roll and unspooled it out of himself. Oh. So, 
Yeah. Enjoy your turkey, folks. Enjoy your Thanksgiving. Eat those yams. Yay! Chow down. Stick to vegetables. (laughs) And uh, we will see everybody next episode with the... uh, the Thanksgiving Feast Cannibalism episode. That's yeah. all I've got to say. This is Rojan. Peace out from Detroit. This is Lobo from Connecticut in the new improved recording room with fruit and grain bars and my own bed. Yay! You do sound a little bit different in there. I don't know if well, it's all closed off. That's why. Yeah. Well, your recording room is going to be moving around from room to room now. From oh, yeah. Other. Yeah. So. All right. Well, you go be a dad and I'm going to start editing. So uh, peace out, folks. <laughs> bye bye. I don't know. Reminiscing on our indestructible days Party never seemed to end We thought we punched the night away
Oh, you're on the phone right now? Yeah. Oh, I can't really tell. Because when it was yeah, it's on the... It was like, okay, so you want the large jumbo size with that, and uh, that'll be a scurvy burger with cheese? Right now, Lobo's ready to beat my ass. Did he say you had a gay fridge? No, that's not on. Okay, well, the heater's not on. Yes. I don't know. No, I gay fridges are the thing. <laughs> I had one, and then I took it over to my brother-in-law's house, and I forgot about it. And You had I a gay would... fridge, and you brought it to your brother-in-law's house? No, no, a mini fridge, not, not like a gay fridge. Story. Keep going. No. <laughs> I mean, is it only into like other refrigerators? And what if it was like a big refrigerator that like those little dorm refrigerators? Would it be Isn't a bear like fridge? Pedophile? Yeah, it would be a bear fridge. Yeah. And since It'd it be would be cold, fridge. it would be a polar. No, it would. Yeah, I guess it would cold. be a pedophile. If it likes yeah. the little ones, then it'd be a pedophile. No, it would just be going after. Well, I guess you would. Yeah, it would be that way. I was going to say it would be going yeah, after twink what? fridges, but God, Ricky. why are we having a conversation about gay refrigerators? No, I have a mini because fridge. Because this is. Project Archivist. <laughs> I was going to say, this is what we do. I had a, what's that dirt soda that you like? Dirt, dirt soda? soda? Oh, Moxie. <laughs> it's a so Moxie, yeah. yeah. I saw that the other day. In I love you. Like, Moxie. Moxie's really, right. We don't like have it here. Dirt. You got to no. drink it really cold. Uh, maybe that was it. Maybe it wasn't cold enough. Yeah, dude, if you drink it like at room temperature, it tastes like motor oil. So what is it? Is it like burdock and dandelion? No. Like, pretty much, yeah. No, it's, it's, I don't know. It's got more of a, it's supposed to be, from what I was reading, it's supposed to be a it's ginger ale. It's made of ginseng. Oh. Yeah. It tastes more like anise or anus. Um, yeah, you know yeah, that. It, it definitely be. tasted like anus. That was for sure. I have you never had, had anus that tasted that bad. Oh my God. <laughs> Every time I have Starbucks, it tastes like burnt anus. Yeah, it does. Oh Starbucks God. is rancid. Oh. It is awful. Shit's fucking disgusting. Oh my God. <laughs> Why couldn't I have been in a family of ass eaters instead of sin eaters? Uh, you probably would have made it out better. <laughs> yeah, right. <Wow. laughs> I would have just gotten dysentery instead. Well, you know. <laughs> this is how our whole show is going to be, isn't it? Gay fridges and eating ass. Gay refrigerators and eating ass. There's a show title uh, for title. you. Right there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you. You're a butt-fucking quitter. You walked out, Gary. The team went on a mission without you, and without an actor, they were like pigs to the slaughter. I'm supposed to leave the fate of the world in your hands? 